Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast for water treaters by water treaters, where we're scaling up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Hi, everybody. Trace Blackmore here, and you asked for it. Here it is. I am doing a multi-episode series on getting your certified water technologist designation. We're going to explore all things CWT, why you need it, how to get it, how to study for it, how to pass the test, what to do if you didn't pass the examination, excuse me, and then how to recertify. Along the way, I'm going to give you tips on what you can do to make sure that you can pass that test on the first time and make sure that you are as prepared as you need to be. And hopefully, by the end of all of this, get you to start your journey to certification. You'll also hear from people that have recently received their CWT so you can learn from their firsthand experiences. The Certified Water Technologist Designation, or the CWT, is the highest professional designation in the water treatment industry. It's administered by the Association of Water Technologies, and in my opinion, it is the culmination of your commitment to being in this industry. Today, we have none other than AWT's own Angela Pike with us. Angela works directly with the committee responsible for the CWT. She also knows everything about the certified water technologist process. So learn with me as we speak with Angela Pike about all things CWT, the entire process, and I hope that you enjoy my interview with Angela Pike. My lab partner today is the self-proclaimed queen of the Association of Water Technologies, Angela Pike. Angela Pike, how are you? I'm very well, Trace. How are you? I am doing wonderful because you are on Scaling Up. And I'm wearing my crown. I have no doubt. <laughs> now, Angela, a couple of people may not know you in the Scaling Up Nation, so we're going to, to get around to exactly who you are and, and why everybody in the nation needs to know exactly who you are. But I can't help but notice, is that a Texas accent you have? It's uh, Boston, actually. Oh, Boston. okay. That was going to be my second guess. Let's get our, let's get our American geography right here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Angela, you came over from, from Scotland, and Stacey and I are going to Scotland later next year. And after this show, I can't wait to talk to you about all the wonderful things that we can do over there. But can you tell us a little bit about what you did over there and what you brought you over here? Okay, so I lived in Scotland uh, until I was 26. I worked for the uh, UK government in the land registry. And my job there was to check the deeds, the title deeds to, to houses to make sure the lawyers had drawn them up properly before we recorded them and made sure that the title to your house passed correctly so you didn't end up with a, a pig in a poke, so to say. And then I came here in 1985. My husband was offered a job, and we decided that we would come over and, and, and give it a try. And so arrived here. I went to work for the British Embassy in Washington, stayed there for 16 years, took a little break to do some child raising, and then in 2005 came to work for the Association of Water Technologies, 
and the rest is history. So we it say. was history. Yes. That was actually the first year that I joined the board of the Association of Water Technologies. We started with AWT together. Mm-hmm. And history well. was made. Absolutely. Absolutely. What exactly does Angela Pike do for the Association of Water Technologies? Well, whenever I, uh, you know, technical training, I introduce myself as, uh, my title is the Senior Member Services Manager for AWT. But I kind of feel like I'm a bit of a jack of all trades and master of none. I'm usually the first port of call when members or non-members call in. And hopefully I can answer most of the questions. If not, I'll certainly get somebody in our team or on our team, sorry, that can help you with that. So we have uh, we have a, a great team at AWT and, and each of us has our part to play and hopefully we we get you the answers that you want. Well, one of the parts that you play is you have a very intricate role in the certified water technologist designation in that process. I was hoping that we could talk about what the CWT was, what the process was to become a CWT, and then once you became a CWT, what you had to do to keep that active. How does that sound? Sounds great. Well, why don't we? Perfect. Well, why don't we start with what is a certified water technologist? Now, I know what it is. I'm sure many in the Scaling Up Nation know what it is, but I'm sure we're explaining it wrong. So what is the correct way that we should be saying what a CWT is? So my definition of a certified water technologist is a water treatment professional who's had a minimum of five years experience in the field who has then gone on to pass a very rigorous 200-question exam, who then, on passing that exam, applies to become a certified water technologist, and when that's approved, needs to recertify every five years through continuing education. So that's kind of in a nutshell. Obviously, we, you know, it dives a bit deeper, but that's, that's the CWT in a nutshell a certified water technologist with a minimum of five years experience. How many CWTs do we currently have? We have 315 at the moment, I believe. So that doesn't sound like a lot to me. It's not. It's about 10% of the number of people we have in our database. I would love to see us at least be 25% certified. And this year, actually, we had a whole lot of new CWTs. I think it's the most we've ever had in one year. So obviously the the word's getting out about the program and certain issues that have happened throughout the country, the situation in New York with the Legionella and the the statutes that came from that are making people realize that it's it's an important certification if you're working in, certainly if you're working in certain areas of of the country in water treatment. Excellent point. And if somebody is thinking about getting their CWT with only 315 other CWTs, they're really going to stand out. Absolutely. And while you always want it to be an elite bunch, we would like it to be a little bigger of an elite bunch. So I would I would love to have uh, many of our individuals that I currently have in our database to you know, to say, hey, I think I, I think I want to take my career to the, the next level. I think I want to become certified. 
and there's uh, there's nothing stopping you from from taking that next step if you have five years field experience. Simply pick up the phone and and I will walk you through the process. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that process today. But why would somebody want, other than the things that we just mentioned, stand out in the community, why would somebody want to get their certified water technologist designation? Why would somebody not? That would be my question. I I, I don't disagree with that. I remember one of the things you once said was that when you came to convention and somebody told you that they couldn't afford to come to convention and you said, you can't afford to not come to convention. And I feel the same way with the certification program. If it's available to you and you have those three letters after your name, I feel it opens up when you're going to speak to your prospective customers or your existing customers. Those three letters have already done a lot of the work for you before you sell that account or continue with that account. It proves that you've gone through a certain process. It proves that you're knowledgeable, ethical, and you've had people provide references to say that you're knowledgeable and ethical in the field of water treatment. So it's a, it's a stamp of approval almost to, to, the, to your peers, to your customers, that you have completed this process and you earned that certification. And not only did you earn it, we make you work to keep it too. And I know we're going to talk about that as well. Angela, do you have firsthand experience of how people have been able to get elevated status within their own companies because they received the certified water technologist designation? Personally, I think there's no better promotion of the CWT program than from a CWT. And I'm, I'm always asking CWTs, when you're out in the field, promote the program. If, if you took the time to get that CWT certification, it means something to you. So you have to make sure you're promoting that certification to your clients and to others in the field. I get people, it, it, it's kind of nice actually when somebody gets certified when when it's approved i call every single new cwt to let them know and to say congratulations because we're we're proud of the people that take this step and finish the process and you i love the cwt the new cwt who completely you can just hear the joy in their voice that that the process is complete and they have their cwt one gentleman said to me one day, I wish you were in the room with me to, to see how excited I was, to see how excited I am about getting my CWT. And I said to him, I, I don't think I need to be in the same room as you. I can hear it in your voice on the telephone. So people, uh, people have expressed to me how it has helped them with their, in their professional career. And the more it gets recognized to the, to the public, Uh, what it is, then I think that will only get better. Well, let's start talking about the process. There's some people out there in the Scaling Up Nation that are either on the fence or they want to get started to get their CWT designation, but they don't know how to start. So let's talk uh, talk about how to start and what that entire process looks like. So we designed the, the, the exam handbook 
the exam application handbook and the recertification application handbook in three parts. And there's a little mantra that we have on the front of them. The first one, the exam certification handbook is pass. This book number two is apply. And book number three is recertify. If you're just starting out on your CWT journey, you want to download and read the exam handbook number one. And all of these handbooks can be found on the AWT website, awt.org, under the certification tab. So if you're thinking about becoming a CWT, the five years experience is the first part of the criteria. Now, if you don't have five years in the field, but you do have a four-year degree, then your four-year degree counts for one-year field experience. So if you're a, a young or if you're an individual who has a, a bachelor's degree, that counts for one year. So if you've only been four years in the field, you can use that degree to make up the fifth. If you have a degree in a related field, that adds another six months. So if you have a chemistry degree, an environmental engineering degree, biology degree, that would add another six months to your experience level. So the minute you have five years experience, you can apply to become a CWT. The process is you apply to take the exam. You can either take the exam at the technical training seminars. That's a paper, paper and pencil version. Or you can take the exam through uh, Pearson View, which is a, they have facilities all over the world. It's an international organization. And you can go along to one of their offices and you can take a computer-based exam. It's not online. It's not, you know, people say, can I take an online exam? It's not online. It's computer-based. So either of the two options are open to you once you have the five years field experience, either from actually being in the field or with some education additions. Depending on which process you're going to go through is dependent on how you would apply. If you're going to take it at the technical training seminar, obviously you have to sign up for, for that through the website, and those are held twice a year. And Trace, uh, Trace is one of our speakers at, at, at that, uh, those seminars. So you have two options to take the paper and pencil every year, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. And then for the rest of the year, the computer-based exam is your option. The computer-based exam you can sign up for at any time. You go to the AWT website again. You download the exam candidate handbook. You fill in the form at the back. You send it to me. And within 48 hours, typically, we'll have set you up with a candidate ID and you can go off to Pearson View and take your exam. The nice thing about the Pearson View exam is that you find out that day if you pass. The paper and pencil, we make you wait a little bit longer, typically about four weeks with the paper and pencil exam. Well, let's talk a little bit about the exam. So... People have the experience, they've studied, they are ready to take this exam. What should they expect when they're at a technical training and they go and see you? I think it's at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. What happens then? Okay, so 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning and all of these people arrive at registration and they check in for the CWT exam. They've pre-registered. They have to be pre-registered one month in advance of the exam. They're in a, in a classroom-style setting. They have a, a, an allocated seat. 
and the exam process lasts four hours. So we're going to give you the the materials in the room once once everybody's assembled. And if you turn up with our ID for the exam, we will we'll turn you away. So you turn up, you show your ID, we check you in, we send you to your allotted seat. You get four hours to complete a 200-question exam. We give you five sheets of scratch paper to make some notes on. We give you pencils. We give you a lovely calculator to keep for after the, the event to remind you that you went through the process. It is lovely. I it have is. To. It's very lovely. We give you the exam handbook with the questions in. There's 200 questions. And we also give you a supplement, which has some formulations and calculations in there to help you with some of the questions. You get four hours, as I said, to complete it. And at the end of four hours, we collect your materials. Then we send off your Scantron that you've answered your questions on. And uh, about four weeks later, we get the results back. I will tell you that the pass rate is typically about a third of the class, typically. We've had situations where half of the class, 50% is the best score we ever have reached. But typically about a third of the class passes. So it's, it's... Nobody said it was a simple exam, but it's but it's well worth to go through the process. And it, and if you don't pass the exam the first time, you can take it again. It's not the end of the world. How long do you have to wait before you can retake the exam? It used to be three months because it was all done with uh, paper paper exams and the questions. The, the books were printed, and the books remained the same for a for a certain amount of time. So we asked three months. You know, not that anybody, I think, was it going to be able to remember the questions from the exam handbook, but there was a three-month waiting period. With the Pearson view, you can go back in, you have to re-register, and there's a 48-hour waiting period. So you can possibly take it, the, you know, within, that, within a few days if you fail, probably like a week later. Okay. Do you know if there are specific advantages to taking one format of a test over another? That's a good question because I think I've noticed that the pass rate tends to be higher with the Pearson View exam process. Tend to have more success with the the computer based exam. That said, I think it depends on I think it depends on the individual too. You know, some people are happier with a paper and pencil format. Some people are happier with a computer. So you can choose to do either or. The Pearson View process is, is, is much more available throughout the year. The paper and pencil, if you miss the technical training seminars, then you've missed your opportunity to take it for that year. So you'd have to wait a complete year before you, you could do that. So probably personal preference, but if you're asking me the question, I think the pass rate is higher with the computer-based exam. Okay. So there's that special firsthand information. We're getting straight from Angela Pike. Uh, I personally think that there's a benefit to taking it online because you can mark a question. The only way you can mark a question when you're in person at the training is you have to skip a spot in your Scantron. And can you imagine if you forgot to skip that spot and now question 15 is really question 16 and every question that you answered is one spot off? That's a bad day. And I wouldn't doubt, Trace, that that has happened. Because it's, you know, when people come into the exam room, everybody's taking an exam. 
it's it's a stressful process. I wouldn't doubt that people have people have found themselves in that situation. And then when you get to the end, sometimes, you know, if you if you haven't checked it properly or you haven't got time to go back, that's the Scantron. That's the answer sheet that's going to get sent in. And so it's uh, if you're going to take the paper and pencil exam, pay close attention to how you're bubbling in those answers, because it could be could be catastrophic if you if you miss that one line. Exactly. Well, Angela, you have a talent for being able to meet somebody and really know if they're going to pass the test or not. You are you are amazing how you can do that. So what do you know? What can people do that you see in people that are well prepared and that are asking you the right questions and just ooze that confidence that they're ready to take the exam? What do you see in them that could be a tip for one of our listeners who's getting ready to take the exam? Well, I don't know if I, uh, I, I thank you for the compliment. I don't know if I have a talent, but certainly when people come into the, or when people talk to me about the exam, there are people who have a, have a strategy. Now, it, it's hard to say because it's not, a, I know we have some study guides and we have some suggested reading materials, but it's not a, you know, it's not an academic exam per se. It's a, it's a professional competency exam. And so you're being tested on something that you do every day. And there's only one correct answer, and the answers are based on best practices. So someone who is familiar with best, the best practices in the water treatment industry, that a familiarity with the, the subject matter, it's split into five different subjects. And uh, pre-treatment, external treatment, boiler, cooling, health and safety and general knowledge. Is that five? Is that five or five? I think that's five. So someone who is someone who's uh, looking to take the exam is probably going to prepare months in advance. They're going to want to look at those suggested reading materials. They're going to want to look at the exam handbook, first of all, to make sure that A, they meet the criteria to take the exam because what you don't want to do is to sign up, and this has happened in the past, people sign up for the exam without reading the handbook, and then they find out afterwards that they don't have the field experience. They have less than five years. And you've put yourself through that process only to find out that we can't certify you. Even if you pass the exam, if you don't have five years field experience, you cannot get certified. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's a, it's Angela, a- is that test good for one year? afterwards so if, if you were on the fence maybe you only had four years and you took it do you does that test last a certain amount or you have to take it with the experience level if somebody if somebody took the exam and and, and can i just say i i don't know if it's it's i don't know if it's a cultural thing or semantics whatever but i call it the exam because to me i think it's i think it's bigger than a test it's did i just call it a test well everybody calls it a test it's not just you but it's it's an exam because a test to me is something that you you get at the end of the week to see if you've learned you know what what I taught you that week. An exam is a culmination of of your knowledge, everything you've learned. And so I just am trying to get people into the habit of calling it the exam and not the test. But that's that's just a it's a it's, it might be a cultural thing. An exam sounds, no, I, an exam sounds I, I, much I better to me than a test. <laughs> well, I know that I have let the word test. Flip here on this show, and you've let me know about that. And I've had 
And I've had guests mention that on the show, and I told them that they were going to get calls from you afterwards. So I am trying as best I can to get the word test out of my vocabulary when we're talking about the certified water technologist examination. Unless you're running a test, that's fine. If you're running your pinks and blues, you can call that a test. If you're, if you're taking, if you're becoming a CWT, we're trying to get people into the habit of calling it the exam. But uh, anyway, so, you know, you don't want to, you want to make sure that if you've signed up for the exam, that you qualify to become a certified water technologist because it's, you know, it's not, again, it's not a, it's not a simple exam. It's, it's, it's going to test you on your knowledge and it, from feedback I get, people are, you know, it's, it's, uh, people get stressed out about it and, you know, they, you, you don't want to have to put yourself through something that you're not going to get anything at the end of. So make sure that you read the handbook from cover to cover, make sure you qualify, and then we're going to start the process for, for taking the exam. Angela, is there a grace period for if you pass the test and it's, uh, say you didn't have five years experience, but you would in a couple of months, is the test good for a length of time? And I think you just asked me that and I glossed right over that question. Sorry. I've seen people take the exam and once you pass the exam, you have one year to complete the process. And so... I have seen people with six months to go who, by the time they complete the process, they have the five years. So, yeah, you can. I don't know that I would. I think just to to save trial and and worry, I would just wait until I have the five years, and then I would start the process. Then there's no ifs, ands, and buts. There's there's nobody going to come back to you and say, well, you know, at this point, I I probably would just suggest that people wait the five years. It's, It's just easier that way. Either five years in the field again or three and a half with a a four-year degree in a related field or five years with four years in the field and a one-year degree. I think it's just Again, Again, great advice. Now, let's say someone's out there, they've studied hard, they've either taken it at the Pearson View Testing Center or they've taken the examination, (laughs) I said it right that time, with you at a technical training and they passed it and they found out they passed because you called them or a Pearson view, you know, tells them instantly right there. Now they're, now they pass the exam. What next? Okay. So once you pass that exam and you have five years experience, you are then, we're going to send you either, we're going to send you a letter. Pearson view will either give you a letter at that point, or if you take the, if you take the exam at a technical training, seminar, then we're going to send you a letter telling you that you passed the exam. And when you get that letter, we're going to say, congratulations, you passed the exam. We're not going to tell you by how much you passed the exam. It's a pass-fail exam. So if you pass, you pass. We don't tell you your score. Nobody, if, if somebody comes up to you at, you know, at an EWT event and said, well, you know, I got the highest score in the CWT exam ever, Mm, they they probably don't know that because nobody probably ever told them that. So it's a pass fail. If you if you pass, we tell you you passed, and we invite you to become a CWT. If you fail, we show you the areas where you scored less than the seventy five percent. You don't have to pass every section to pass the exam, but you have to get a cumulative score of seventy five percent. So if you 
you know, were, were very strong in, in most of the categories, categories and maybe a little weaker in, in, in another, chances are you, you could fail, a, you can fail a section and pass an exam. I've seen that because it's a cumulative score of 75% from all of the sections. So once you've passed, we send that letter to you and, and hopefully people are overjoyed when they get that letter to know that their hard work's paid off and they pass the exam. So in that letter we give you, we're going to instruct you to go to the AWT website again, awt.org. Click on the certification handbook and that's going to be handbook number two at this point. After you've clicked on the tab, you're going to find handbook number two. And that's the CWT application handbook. It's going to say number two and apply on the front. You're going to, again, read through the application handbook. And then you're going to fill in the, the application. And that application is made up of, obviously, your personal information, your, your work experience. And this is where you're going to document your five years experience. Or if you're using your degree as part of that experience, you're going to document that degree and you're going to give us a photocopy or a, or a photo. Of what In this day and age, it's great. People can take a picture of their degree from the wall and send that in to me and I'll accept that. But if you're going to use the degree as part of the five-year process, you have to, you have to show us proof of that degree. So you're going to fill in that form. You're going to offer up all of the information that we ask for. You're going to provide four references at this point. And those four references must have knowledge of your, your ethical and your professional treatment in, in, in of the water. And each of those references must be at least managerial level within the, the facility that you're using. So we, we offer up that you can use another CWT or uh, a previous or present customer or your, you know, somebody, a company that you used to work for, somebody in that company, if they're willing to give you a reference. But all of your references must be of managerial level. You cannot use a vendor as a reference, even if that vendor is a, is a CWT, because there could be a perceived conflict of interest there. So... If, if there's a CWT who works for a supplier company, somebody who provides goods to water treatment companies, you can't use that individual as your reference. But anybody else, customer, past customer, uh, a previous supervisor, you're allowed one supervisor from your current company, somebody who's familiar with your work and who manages you in that company. And you can use... You know, people. If you if you you can use college professors, um, so so it's a, it's a wide range. Just make sure that you you pick the right people, and make sure you pick people that will will do what you're asking them to do. Many a uh, an application has been held up considerably by people references not sending in the paperwork. So I always suggest that when you send the reference paperwork to the individual that you're asking, enclose a stamped addressed envelope back to me so they can just simply fill in the form and mail it back to me. You shouldn't, you shouldn't see, or the applicant shouldn't see the, the references paperwork. That should come straight to me. And I find that if you give them the, 
the already stamped envelope with my name and address on it, they're more than happy to, to fill out the form and, and send it back to me. So make sure you've got people that know that this is very important to you. And the quicker we get your application and your four references, the quicker we can begin the process of getting you certified. One of the parts of the application is you're going to sign a declaration of ethics. And that declaration of ethics is to, to show that you, you're going to be, again, knowledgeable, professional, ethical in your treatment of water. And that stays in your file with your application. And every time you recertify, you're going to sign that declaration of ethics. It's very important that, that that's signed. And, and we won't accept that with an electronic signature. So once all that form's done, you've sent out your information to your references, you send me your application with your fee. And once I get that and your four references, we send it out for review. And the application will be reviewed by a current certified water technologist. But you won't know who that is. It's all done anonymously. And the, the current CWT will look at your application check that everything's there, check that the information required is, is in the application, that you have the experience and the time served in the field. And at the end of that, if you've satisfied all the criteria, the CWT reviewer will come back to me and say, I approve this application or I denying this application. And then they have to tell me why they're, why they're denying the application and we'll get back with the applicant. Hopefully, you're not one of the people who gets denied. And it's very few and far between that anybody gets denied. And it's typical because they don't have enough time in the field. Now, that person has their certified water technologist designation. They do a happy dance. How long is it good for? Okay. So once I get that application back from the reviewer and the reviewer said, we have a new CWT. I do a happy dance too because this, this program is very dear to my heart. So I love the CWT program and I... I do everything in my power to promote it and to make it legally defensible as, as, as far as my part in it is. So when I, I, I get very happy when I hear we have a new CWT and I call that CWT immediately and I tell them, congratulations, you are now a CWT. And if they get, if they get certified on a Thursday, sometimes I just wait till Friday morning to tell them because it's the start of the weekend and it's a great time to, to, to celebrate for the weekend. But uh, I, I call that individual and I inform them, you are a CWT. You can, we're going to put it in the database. It's going to appear on the website. If anybody looks for a CWT, you're going to come up in that search. The first question uh, they ask me is, so, so what happens now? And the question of recertification comes up. And someone might ask, so when do I need to start thinking about recertification? And my answer is, no. The, the moment I tell you you're certified is the moment you have to start thinking about recertification. The CWT certification is a, is a five-year certification. And at the end of every five-year period, you must recertify. If you don't recertify within a certain time limit, you will lose the certification and then you would have to start all over again. So the minute we tell you you're certified, what I suggest that people do is they open up a file and they put all of their certification information into that file. 
and they they keep an eye on tracking their CEUs, uh, anything that they do outside of AWT. Make sure you keep copies of that of those events. Any CWT who's a member of AWT can actually track everything that is that concerns their CWT designation from the members only page. So if you log on to the members only page with your unique ID and password and you click on the My AWT button, at the bottom of that page, the next page, there's something that says CEU Tracker. And if you click on there, it will show you the day that you were certified. It will also show you the day that you're due to recertify. It will also show you any CEUs that you've earned through AWT events. So, you know, when people say, I don't know when I'm due to recertify, if you log on to that tracker, you'll see right there all of your CEU, your CWT and your CEU information is there. And when we talk about CEUs, those are continuing education units. And within a five-year period, you need to have a total of 25 CEUs to recertify. And those CEUs must have been earned between the start of your current recertification and your current recertification date. Anything before those dates or after those dates don't apply to your current recertification. So if you get to, you know, if you're due to recertify on the 17th of October 2017 and you only have 23 CEUs, and we're on the 20, you know, it's the day, the next day, you can't go back and earn, you, you can't earn any more CEUs for that recertification period. So you have to find a couple of CEUs that you might have missed in the, in the time frame that you're recertifying for. What are some of the things outside of AWT sponsored events can CWT that's trying to recertify use towards CEUs? Well, you know, AWT events obviously are are the best way to earn your CWT, your CEUs, sorry, for your CWT. Our convention is worth five CEUs. Our technical training seminars, if you come to the three-day course, those are worth 15 CEUs to, to current CWTs. And then we have two one-day trainings that we also do for at the seminars. One this year is an RO training and the other is a sales training. And those are both worth three CEUs each. So in a five-year period, if you do a four-day training, you've got 18 CEUs. And that means for the rest of the the five-year period, you only have to find another seven. Some of the other ways through AWT is to call into the webinars that we do, the complimentary webinars. Those are worth one CEU each. If you watch them in real time, we get a log of the seminar of this the webinar afterwards and we just allocate that CEU to you. If you watch the webinar at a later date from the website, you have to make sure you take notes of them and, and let me know which ones you watched and we'll also give you one CEU for those two. Our quizzes that are on the website, they are worth one CEU each on the certification. On oh, sorry, on the uh Education and events page, there's a drop-down menu there that has our training and our quiz opportunities. Our quizzes are 
Those are written by current CWTs, and they're all based on articles from the Analyst magazine. And what you do is you you read the the article, you take the the little quiz at the end of it, and if you pass with an eighty percent pass or better, we'll give you one CE, uh, sorry, half a CEU there, and one CEU for any position papers. There's two position papers there; the rest are Analyst articles, but. That's another easy way to to get CEUs without leaving your desk. Our safety training that we offer is worth one CEU per purchase video that you you get. Our online training that we offer, the the videos from the technical training seminars are are online there too. And if you purchase those, those are worth one CEU each. And I believe it's fifteen if you buy the whole set. So that's the AWT. CEUs, and that's the that's the easiest way to do it for for our purposes, because we will just assign those CEUs with few exception, and then you can just you know you don't have to worry about it. We make a note, and you can look at your tracker. If you do education outside of AWT, we need to see proof that the education was actually undertaken. So if you go to an ASHRAE conference or a CTI conference. You need to show us a certificate or letter of attendance, a, a copy of your your registration form or your your badge that you would wear. There is not sufficient. It doesn't prove that you were there. It only proves you registered, and you know that that's not proof of the credit. So we need to see a, a letter from the organisation or a certificate to show that you attended. Then we'll assign the. The, the applicable credits. If you do training for your customers, you can also earn credits that way. You can earn CEUs through that. But we need to see a letter from the the customer on their letterhead with a note of the training that was given, the date it was given, the subject matter, and it needs to be signed off by an official from the company and managerial level or higher. And that would be sent in when you're submitting your application for CEUs, you would note that, you know, you're claiming the credit for doing this, the, teaching this class, and the proof of credits would be attached. If you look at the recertification handbook, it note, it notes in there, which you, when you're filling them in, you have to, you have to choose where you're, you're selecting your CEUs from. And for the CEUs for AWT events, you don't need to provide any further proof of credit with few exception. If there's uh, AW, if there's training that's done outside of AWT, there'll be an asterisk next to the the form, the, the, the portion that you're filling in, and it will say you need to provide proof of credits if you're if you're electing your CEU count from, from this section. If the proof of credit's not there, we don't award the CEU. Angela, we've been through how you start to even think about taking the exam, how you take the exam, what to do after you've passed the exam, and how to put your application in, and then once you get your CWT, how to keep it current and how to recertify. What have we missed through this process? One thing that I would like to remind people is that you're – your CWT does not automatically recertify. You have to take 
are in that. I've had emails from people saying, I noticed that my CWT recertification date wasn't updated. What do I need to do? It will, the only way your your CWT will recertify is by you sending in the recertification application with payment and your credits. Failure to do that, your, your your CWT will not be updated and you will not be recertified. And so if you, you know, if you're looking at your page right now and you see that you're coming up to your certification date or your recertification date, I try my best to, to keep everybody informed. I'll send a letter to CWTs a year out, six months out, three months out. When you get to the three-month point, that's when you really need to start thinking about getting the paperwork in place and submitted to me. Three months seems, you know, I mean, we can do it, uh, especially if you've got all your CEUs in place from AWT. I can I can recertify you within, you know, a few days. If, if you send the application in and all your CWTs are in place, that's not difficult. Where it gets difficult is when people are scrambling to find the 25 CEUs, and it's, and it's painful. You know, I've been through this with a lot of CWTs who have tried to get their recertification. You know, you've got five years to, to, to take care of this. My suggestion is you do five CEUs at least every year. When we get to the end of the, the period, then it's easy. But a lot of people wait until the very last minute and then we're scrambling to get those CEUs. And again, I want to remind you that the CEUs have to be earned within the start of the current certification period and the end of it. Anything outside of that is not going to count. So you can't go outside of that period and start earning CEUs for your current cert- recertification. So it's very important that you keep your eye on the prize and that you make sure that you have those 25 CEUs. Now, once you hit 25, it's use it or lose it. So you don't have to worry about keep racking them up. You don't. If you've got 50 CEUs, that's great. I love that you're keeping learning, even if you've met your quota. But you don't need to keep sending in that information. You Once you've hit 25, that's all you need for that, that period, because you're going to use them and you're, or you're going to lose them. They don't carry over. It's, it's very important that people make sure they recertify in time. When your, recert, when your certification, your current certification period meets its limit. So let's say for argument's sake, your, your certification expires on October 31st of this year. Okay. We want you certified, recertified by October 31st this year. So all your paperwork should either should be with me and all of your CEU should be in place, your payment's been made, the form's been filled, you've completed the declaration of ethics, and you've mailed that in to me. We're going to take care of your certification if everything's good. If everything's in order and all of your CEUs are verified, you're, you're going to be recertified for the next five years. If you get to the 31st of October and you haven't done that recertification, either because you forgot or you're still trying to find those, you know, make up those 25 CEUs, we're going to give you a three-month grace period. So in that three months, you'll still see your name up on the website as a CWT, but you cannot earn 
credits in that three-month grace period for your current recertification. You can earn it for your next recertification, but not your current one. So don't start thinking that three-month grace period is going to give you time to grab those extra CEUs that you're going to need. It's not. When the three-month grace period expires, we're going to consider your certification in an inactive status. Now, inactive status means that we're going to remove the CWT designation from your name on the website. So if anybody looks for a CWT, they're not going to find you. In an inactive status, you can still recertify. You have a year after your certification expires to recertify. After the three-month grace period, you're not going to be showing as a CWT, but you still have time to recertify. So we're going to take it down, but we're going to tell you within, you know, within this year, you need to get this recertification done, and then we'll reinstate your CWT. Now, if you use that year, your, your new certification date doesn't change. Your certification date always stays the same. You've just wasted a year of it. And now you're down to four years for your next recertification. So if you don't recertify within that year, then we're going to consider your CWT inactive. And at that point, if you are in inactive status, you cannot recertify. You need to begin that process all over again. You need to take the exam. You need to apply to become a CWT. So it's, uh, it's well worth the effort to make sure you keep your eye on that prize. You make sure that you do not let your certification expire. Again, the easiest way to do that is to earn at least five CEUs every year. Coming to conventions is a great way to do that. Coming to technical training once and then a few webinars is a great way to do that. Please just do not scrabble at the very end to find those 25 CEUs. It's, it's, it's not pretty. It's not pleasant to see, to see people do that. It's, it's very stressful. I can't imagine going through that entire process and then because I didn't plan, I don't have my CWT anymore. And I can't imagine you making that phone call to let me know right. that. And, and there are people who have who've done it and, and, and gotten the CWT back again and they have vowed to me. I won't let that happen again because it's, you know, nobody wants to take the exam again or go through, you know, and, and you, and you lose your original CWT number. So if you were, if you were kind of high up in the, in the chain to have one of the earlier numbers, you, you don't want to lose that. You don't want to start all over again. So it's, it, it is painful to see people lose it when, to be honest, years ago, it used to be, much harder to keep your CWT as far as CEUs were concerned because one of the main complaints we heard was, you know, I can't afford to send my my staff to convention or technical training, and, and, and we understood that. It gets very expensive, especially if you have a whole bunch of CWTs on staff. So the certification committee has worked very hard to create a lot of different ways that your CWT can earn credits and you can actually you can actually earn 25 credits nowadays without even leaving your desk the quizzes you can actually even do it for free as well the quizzes are free the the webinars are free so if you called into five complimentary webinars a year or did uh, you know 10 quizzes a year 
you're you're on your way to getting your 25 CEUs and you haven't had to travel, you haven't had to even pay. So at this stage of the game, if people don't certify, can I, maybe maybe it's not important to them to certify or recertify. I don't know. It just I, I'm, I'm amazed that some people, I, the ones that really amaze me are the people who have the CEUs and still don't send me the paperwork. That's, <laughs> it's, uh, oh, wow. you know, I have people with 25 CEUs and, and I don't know if it's because, you know, we try our hardest to get the information out there of what they have to do. But if you have the 25 CEUs, recertify please it's uh it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful program the people within CAWT recognize the value of it staff recognizes the value of it we we are heavily promoting it the you know we want that we want the general public to know the value of it and and we want more people to get certified well, Angela, I got to say, I appreciate the value of you coming on Scaling Up and really letting the entire Scaling Up Nation know, soup to nuts, exactly how to get the CWT and how to recertify the entire process. But I'm not quite done with you yet. I have a couple of lightning okay. round questions for you, if you are ready for them. All right. Bring it on. All right. So <laughs> question number one, what are the last three books that you've read? Oh, my goodness. Gosh, Trace, put me in a position. I think I think there were association management books, to be honest. <laughs> I think I was I, I read the association management law book some parts of it the other day. And then I read I was reading a membership book that uh, is uh, you know, just getting some tips for, for membership and how to get new members. I think the last book I read for just pure pleasure was Angela's Ashes, which is a book I read a hundred times and I still keep going back to it because I love it. I love the humor in it. I, I just love the story. So uh, I must admit I've, I've been very lax about just reading in general recently. But uh, now you've asked me that question, you've made me feel guilty and I need to go find a book when I get off a scale. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, my next question, and I'm sure you're already reviewing scripts, but they are going to make a movie about your life, Angela Pike. When they do, when you approve the script, who plays Angela Pike? Has to be Meryl Streep. I mean, who else? She, she, you know, has to be Meryl. She's, uh, she's the best. <laughs> she did, she did Margaret Thatcher very well. I'm sure she could do me well too. Excellent. That, that was just a rehearsal for her role as Angela Pike. Absolutely. And she's good with accents. She's, you know, I've seen her with a, a South African, Australian. I've seen her with, I've seen her with all sorts of British accent. She, she can, she can do it. Merle can do it. Well, speaking of accents, do you mind closing the show or closing the segment rather something from your, your native tongue? Okay. Well, I always, when my kids were little and they would bring their friends around, they would say to their, their friends would say, your, your mom has a funny accent. And I would always teach them to say, it's a brobrich moon lichnicht the nicht. And those kids would look at me like there was something wrong with me and my kids would be like, mom, stop. And if I was to say something in our native tongue of Gaelic, it would be slangivar, which means good health. And that's why I wish every AWT member and certainly every AWT member who's going to take uh, it means good luck and good health and uh, if you're going to take the CWT exam I'm going to wish you slangy bar 
Excellent. Well, a, a slightly bonus question. You you can let it out that I did do better on the CWT examination than Mark Lewis. You can at least do that, right? <laughs> My lips are sealed. My lips are sealed. <laughs> Angela, Mark, thanks Mark so much. Mark Lewis brings me um, caramel macchiatos every day. But he, uh, he insists I call them caramel macchiatos as opposed to macchiatos because he brings them to me. So when we're on site, Mark keeps me in, in replenished in, in coffee. <laughs> so thank you, Mark. There you go. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Angela. Thanks, Trace. I got to tell you, Angela is such a fun person to be around. I love having conversations with her, as I'm sure you can tell with the interview that we just had. Now, you learned a fun fact during this interview. Angela and I started our careers, I guess, with AWT at the same time. It was 2005. I was just elected to the board and she just started as an AWT staff member. Well, of course, I'm no longer on the board, but Angela is still there and we're so glad that she is. Folks, if you've ever had a question about CWT, about membership, about anything that has to do with the Association of Water Technologies, please reach out to Angela Pike. She knows everything about AWT. And if you ask her, she probably tells you she knows everything about everything. She is a fabulous ambassador for the Association of Water Technologies. And I got to tell you, I am very proud to call her a friend. In fact, she is a friend that saved my life at one time. Now, as you know, I am one of the trainers uh, for the technical training for the AWT. Angela is the staff person that comes on site to make sure everything gets done during those trainings. Well, I was in between sessions and I had gone out to ask Angela for something. I was on my way over to talk with Angela and there was somebody in between us working on their laptop. And right before I made it to Angela, they tipped forward in their chair and the legs of the chair were now in my path the going to Angela, and I tripped. And folks, when I think of this, I can see this in slow motion like it happened yesterday. I was going down. There was nothing that was going to stop me from going down. Angela, being the caring person that she was, stands up, reaches out, and tries to catch me. And then me, not thinking, I grab her and I take her down with me along with the fall. So thank you, Angela, for putting yourself in harm's way, possibly saving my life, but definitely making a very funny story that I'm sharing with the entire Scaling Up Nation. Well, I hope you've learned a little bit more about the process of getting your certified water technologist designation. Join me next time as I continue the CWT series and interview individuals that have just received their CWT. Until then, remember, it's up to you to make this industry better because you are a part of this industry. And as always, be a better water treater tomorrow than you were today. Have a great week, folks. 